0: Hello and welcome back to Learn, Adapt, Thrive, a six-part series of business podcasts brought to you by Ulster Bank. I'm your host, Susan Kyo, and today we are continuing our discussion with local business owners and entrepreneurs about growth and importantly, how they are adapting in today's world. So remember to keep an eye out for Learn, Adapt, Thrive on your favorite podcast app and do subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. Today I'm joined by Christina Lee, Accounts Director of Cabins and Containers Ireland. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Hi
1: Susan, thank you for having me.
0: Now, if you've ever used a porta cabin or a port loo at a festival or outdoor event, chances are the Cabins and Containers Ireland made that happen. The family business has been servicing both domestic and commercial markets with a range of cabins and containers for a host of different purposes and events. They have a team of very skilled tradesmen who fit out the cabins and containers exactly to the specific requirements of their customers and have seen demand for their products soar due to the pandemic. So, Christina, before we kick off, um, I'm curious, as I've been asking everyone on the podcast, tell me how you're finding the second lockdown. I know, you know, a lot of people are saying the first one was probably a little bit easier. Uh, the second one, it's always hard to do these things a second time round. How are you guys getting on?
1: Uh, we're very lucky enough to be deemed an essential service. So manufacturing and construction sector, which we cover. And um, since the first lockdown, we kind of realized that that was a three month, three month lockdown between COVID. So we've been very lucky enough that we're lucky that's only kind of happening for about five weeks now that we hope um, it will end the first week in December. So um, all our employees are quite good. They're quite happy to be working away. We've got busier with orders. Uh, we see a lot of people coming to us looking for COVID necessary units um, and we see it promising for the end of this year towards the next end of, uh, towards the end of next year as well. So we're quite busy, quite kept going, happy to be working. Um, and happy that um, the government's kind of keeping everything under control as well.
0: Okay. Well, before we talk a bit more about COVID and, and how the business is doing, it's good to hear that things are, are busy. Um, bring us back to the beginning of your business journey, because there's an interesting um, way that Cabins and Containers Ireland was born. Tell us about ha- how it all happened.
1: So initially we worked in Australia, but John, my, John Lee, my husband and I worked in Australia together for about eight years, um, and we decided we were going to return home in 2018 and set up a company. Um, but our plans were actually accelerated due to John's dad becoming ill in 2017. So we came home a year early, but before that, in 2016, we were brainstorming our stage of idea, what we we're going to do, how we we're going to get the business off the ground, and what we we're going to call it. So initially it was called Second Bedroom Modular Limited. Um, and eventually we changed it over to cabins and containers, uh, trade as cabins and containers in 2018. Uh, Originally, we had done all the background work in terms of feasibility study, market research, business plans, and Mead Local Enterprise Board in 2017 actually awarded us a feasibility study grant in terms of developing a prototype. So we engaged with steel structural engineers, designers, architects, and the planning section of B County Council. So we got everybody on board in terms of modular homes, modular accommodation. But after completing our research and prototype design in 2018, we decided that the monetary outlay... In terms of raw materials, manufacturing design and stock acquisition was quite expensive for a new company venture and we decided to take a step back and realign our plans. So we decided to change our business model and our market venture. John, my husband, redesigned our prototype, type prototype, offering site containers, cabins for commercial and domestic market. Here we modified and designed different cabin sizes models which were cater for the construction and construction market and housing market and storage market Our cabin designs consisted of canteens, dry rooms, offices, toilet blocks, shower blocks, welfare units, storage facilities, and since March, 2020 COVID specialized units. So it's a family
0: business, uh, Christina, with you and, and your husband. Um, I'm always interested in, you know, the dynamics of a family business um, in terms of how you manage to separate work and work life and family life. And I'm sure it's an impossibility at times, but tell us
1: about how you manage all of that. So in terms of separating work life and family life, it's, it's quite hard to do in a family business. Um, John has a quite gifted entrepreneurial spirit, so ideas may arise at any time of the day or evening. We could be taking a car drive or spending family time together and he would, you know, talk through his ideas, ask what I'm thinking. You know, it, it's very demanding at times as well because you're trying to get your own work life balance as well but your husband is quite gifted in terms of what he wants to ask you um, and what ideas he wants to put through so it is quite demanding but we work through it together so John will you know put the ideas together put the plans together and then behind the scenes, I would work through it in terms of what we need practical steps of getting these addressed, you know.
0: So like you're literally about to close your eyes to go to sleep after a long day. And he's like sitting up in the bed going, I have this
1: brilliant idea. And you're like, oh, can I not wait till tomorrow? <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, I'll sleep in it. We can talk about it tomorrow. Or we can get through. But yes, yeah, it's quite the man. Or yes, he goes for a run and next time he's come back and he's like, Christina, I have this brilliant idea. And I was like, I just, talk, just thought you were taking a run, you know, so <laughs> these stuff happen like that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure you, you managed to make it work and I suppose you both had experience of working for other people as well. So I'm sure it's really satisfying to be on this journey and knowing that it's for your own business as opposed to sort of putting all of your creativity and expertise into something that, you know, kind of benefits a, a, someone else. Now, tell me, Christina, obviously um, events are a huge part of your customer order book in a normal year. But of course, we know 2020 has been anything but. Um, tell us if the pandemic hadn't arrived, if COVID hadn't arrived on our shores, what would your year have looked like?
1: So in terms of what our orders would look like for, let's say, 2019, 2020, so we're working on major projects across the Isle of Ireland, uh, projects such as the National Children's Hospital, data centres, food processing plants, building manufacturing, manufacturing sites, livestock and piggery industry, pharmaceutical industry, and the list goes on. So when COVID hit, literally, it was like, Everybody took a step back, you know, wondering, are we going to hit a recession? and we going to, you know, is it, is it going to falter their activity, their business activity in any way? So John and myself were lucky enough that, you know, we had two weeks work ahead of us every time that COVID hit. And we were lucky enough that we were able to, you know, see what we could do, see what units we could make, you know, get our creative ideas in touch and see where it took us really.
0: Um, in terms then of, of working with your customers, Christina, tell us a little bit about the process. Like someone gets in touch with you, they make an initial inquiry, they're looking for a cabin or a container. What's the process like then from that initial inquiry up to delivering a finished product? Like how does the creative process work?
1: Okay, so in terms of, of gaining the initial inquiry first is what we're looking for. So what we do is a fit campaign. So we market many of our products through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we do this on an online social media platform, like at least once a week. So that way we get brand recognition, new product ideas, or simply just getting our name out there in terms of customers viewing our products. So this generates our initial activity in terms of inquiry and obtaining orders. So we market our USP as affordable quality units and our lead time is normally between seven days and two weeks at most when we get the product to the customer. So we market many of our products um, on the website, all over social media. And then from the website, people can choose their products in terms of what they're looking for. So we'll receive a call to the office. Our junior sales administrator will liaise with the management team um, and a certain work product stock is available in lead time. We hold a base product of approximately 20 types of units in our yard at any given time. And we upgrade or redesign these products based on customer requirements.
0: So, Christina, let's go back then to March 2020, which now feels like it was 100 years ago. Um, The COVID situation was obviously getting progressively worse. And then we had uh, the Taoiseach at the time, Leo Vragkar, make that statement, go on live television, announce the full lockdown. Um, As a business owner at the time, it, what did that feel like? Because, at the, you know, I, I remember thinking at the time for people, you know, there was obviously businesses that were going to have to shut up shop. Now, I know you're an essential business. It is a little bit different, but it suddenly put the whole everyone's perspective changed on where we were going for the rest of this year. It was March. You know, what was going to happen? What was that like, especially because you're taking the whole responsibility because it is a family business. So it's on your shoulders and John's shoulders. So what did it
1: feel like? Well, based on what you're seeing across the globe, we knew drastic government measures were coming. So upon hearing the night with the full lockdown, both John and I watched the RTE News live. We both felt quite upset that our business may suffer due to the pandemic. But we knew this measure was justified to save people's lives. Our family members and the health of people take precedence over any business activity. So when we knew this lockdown was happening, we actually engaged with the government um, and engaged with other businesses and realising that everybody didn't know much about COVID. So we knew we had to become creative and work harder with our business ideas. We were fortunate enough to diversify our business from the start. So we streamlined our business by two income generators, one sale of cabins and two hire of cabins. Many of our hire cabins were long-term hires. So this could sustain the monthly cash flow into the business and we could invest in new product design for COVID units.
0: So who was looking for those kind of things then? Give us an example of kind of business that came on board that that, that wouldn't have if it wasn't for COVID. So your COVID specific business then.
1: We had a couple of um, distilleries, um, companies coming on board. They got COVID screening rooms. So what they would do was um, their, their employees would enter the main door of the COVID screening room, get screened, test temperature check and they would leave the opposite door. So it would be one line of traffic in and out. Um, in terms of um, testing centres, HSE testing centres, they came about as well because of COVID. So we actually have a couple of sites on the Isle of Ireland where we um, hire some of our cabins into them. Um, also then in terms of um, shower blocks, so many custom- companies are told their employees, you know, have to shower before they enter and exit work as well and, and change while they're having their break. So we know it was increased sales in shower blocks. Then in terms of hand washing stations, so... What we did um, during COVID was we became creative. We noticed that other grocery stores were becoming essential services as well. And what we did was we donated one of our COVID hand wash stations to the local store, on-store in, in Gibstown. And that generated, you know, some media around what we were offering as well. But we noticed that essential services needed these hand washing stations, they needed COVID units. Um, isolation units as well became uh, quite uh, relevant as well with nursing homes um looking to isolate some you know people that needed treatment as well. So we see a lot of those open up.
0: So I suppose everything that happened with COVID, it sort of opened people's eyes to, I guess, the flexibility and and the design possibilities that a container or a cabin will allow for. And and I know they've become quite popular with people working from home. That's been a big change that we've seen happen because of COVID. But of course, not everyone has the room with the family in a house, especially maybe if two people are working from home. So again, cabins and containers have have had a role to play here as well.
1: Yeah, quite right. So we offer office pods, individual Office pods. So what they do is they actually give additional space and for family members who work at home or uh, for people who just don't you know just not want to work at home and home, want to feel like they're in a workplace. So we offer those. We've actually generated a lot of sales from them. We've marketed them through our fit campaign as well, um, and we noticed a lot of high-profile companies have ordered a few of these offices as well. So that was generally just one of the COVID units that we actually marketed. But what we also noticed that we'd also market you know extra additional space and. To segregate workers, segregate shifts. So we actually moved with COVID in terms of what we're going to offer. And we noticed that the companies were moving along with us as well in terms of what they needed for additional spacing.
0: Now, there's also been a few examples of containers being turned into houses. Have you been involved in any projects like that? I'd imagine it's very. it would be really exciting to see that happen.
1: Uh, not so much so. No, we've actually had a few inquiries about them. At the moment, we're still in our growth stage of the business. So we decided that what we do was we prioritise how we feel the Cabin Containers to go over the next, you know, five years. Um, in terms of container houses, they're quite exciting. We've seen a lot of them um, all over Ireland, especially Wicklow as well. Um, but we haven't addressed that stage in terms of what we're going to develop. But we're just trying to grow Cabin Containers now at the moment and see where it takes us.
0: Now, obviously, a lot of business has has come your way and you've adapted really, really well and pivoted really well to take on that business. I guess, though, we have had a year where lots and lots of events have been cancelled. I'm just thinking of the ones that, you know, you'd hear about from Electric Picnic or different music festivals. I suppose that, that they would have all come off your order book, which would have, that you normally would have been servicing things like that.
1: Yeah. So normally what we do is more local community projects. So, we would have had um, the Hay Festival and Trim, luckily it's the festival. So we would have donated products and then more so that, that generated sales from them. In terms of events, we're literally only a new company. We're getting our name out there. You know, what could have happened in, in, 2020, in 2020 would have been probably more aligned to those events. But everything's taken a step back now with COVID. But next year now, hopefully the events will start opening up again and we'll get our name out there. We'll grow our product, we'll grow our market. We'll see where it takes us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed uh, for all of that. Um, Christina, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs who are having to adapt? Like I said, you see, you guys seem to have done it really, really well. The product that you're offering had a place, I guess, in a COVID world for lots of different reasons. Um, but what advice would you give maybe to businesses who feel like they're struggling to find a new way of operating?
1: So we learned that we need to change. We need to evolve the current market conditions. So the advice I would give is do your market research, see what materials you have to work with. Um, we, we know it was from doing our research as well that most new product development and inventions came about trying to find a solution to current problems. So we believe at Cabins Containers we were ha- trying to find a solution to have combat against coronavirus. So I would say to entrepreneurs, and um, a corporate that are trying to adapt, try and, don't try and invent the wheel, try and see what you have around you, try and see what you can use. Um, and try and make a product out of that. If it just means that you can make like a clothing product into PPE um, or you can make a cabin into isolation units, there definitely is room to work with in terms of entrepreneurs, entrepreneur ideas out there, especially in Ireland.
0: Yeah. And I mean, from some of the other people that we spoke to on the podcast as well, um, you know, they were saying that because of lockdown, because of the pandemic, sometimes when you're running a business, and I guess this is probably particularly acute in a family business, you're constantly on the go. You're going from one thing to the next to the next. And sometimes there isn't, you're never afforded the time to actually sit down and really take a good deep dive into your business and really analyze some of your operations. And I guess if anything, for people in business who, if if their business has slowed down a little bit, if they even use the time well, at least they're taking something from what happened.
1: Yes, correct. So literally, even before COVID, a and containers had grown immensely within two years. So literally, we've gone from five employees and family business to now 13 within the space of like six months to 12 months. So we, you know, we wouldn't, we give a lot during the day to the business, but at night me and John, 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 sorry, John and I would research the business in terms of what we could offer. So we would drill down to see what our unique selling point was, what cabins we could offer and um, what our employees could do in terms of performance and then what the market was there. So I think every person needs to take a step back, even if it's, even if it's a busy day come back in the afternoon or recoup at the weekend and try and diversify your business and see where it takes you.
0: And Christina, who else have you got involved in the business? You mentioned you and your husband, John. Is there other family members involved?
1: Yes, so there's John and myself. Then there's my sister, Kathleen. Um, She's our junior sales administrator. Then there's our auntie, Carol, Carol Lee. She actually helps with our freelance photography and our website as well. And then the rest of the remaining... um, employees are production operatives team leader and yard supervisor and most of them reside around the local vicinity of Kells County Mead so it's a local based family business that we're operating.
0: And we know, a lot, you know, there are lots of businesses that are, are, are family run and I'm always really intrigued by them. I know a couple of them myself and I just wonder about the dynamics. But I guess it's just all about trying to kind of keep lines of communication open and, um, you know, try and run it like, a, 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 like, I suppose, try and ignore that it's a family business at times and just keep it all business.
1: Correct. Yeah. So John and I will separate our relationship from the business. So I will cover, let say, the marketing, the HR um the accountancy of the business john will cover the business strategy and new product development so we try and keep our relationship separate we go to work as employees more so than anything else and then we treat each employee as we treat ourselves so we give them a lot of respect and gratitude for their work as well so in separating that you have to go in and do your job you have to go in and settle down even if we you know if we were ever to have you know an argument before work or anything like that we would just put it aside you know work through a business day as we would go and then in the afternoon then we'd you know we touch base on what we what we address, we'd never bring it to work. We'd always work professionally and professionally with our employees as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's really a good advice for for any business, but particularly a family business. Is there a piece of advice, Christina, that you wish you were given when you were starting out, or something that you learned along the way that you sort of wish you knew at the very beginning?
1: And um, I think we thought we could just get the business off the ground in a matter of months. You know, just you know, go head first into business, see how you go, but. What we learned was do your research. It actually took us a year to a year and a half to do our business plan. Initially, we had a different business idea. We're gonna to go to modular homes, and we decided to take a step back because we didn't want to put all our funding into modular homes. We weren't 100% um, on the visibility study. So what we did was we learned a lot through starting our business. We attended many mentors, talked at local enterprise office there in New County Council, um, and we had a lot of mentor talks from our kitchen table. And we actively pursue business expo ideas as well. But we're fortunate enough to to be approved for feasibility study with Leo. And it helps us really decide in what direction we will pursue. So I would say not to invest everything into one idea. You know, do your research, do your feasibility study, do your prototype design. And if it's not for you, don't be afraid to take a step back because that's what we did. We took a step back and decided that we're going to do cabins and containers instead. We changed our, our, our original business name for second bedroom modular to trade as cabins and containers. So that gives us the allowance that we could manufacture these cabins, containers, and then eventually we'll be able to move up to modular house once we had a platform and once we had our, our business name out there as well.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. And, and and I often hear businesses talking about the local enterprise offices. You mentioned them there, Leo, which can be a great support for people like, you know, when they're when they're starting out and kind of, I guess, take all of the support and all of the advice that's out there and, and not to be putting all your eggs in one basket. Like you might think you want to do one thing, but if you if you're getting a feeling that it's not going to work out, don't be afraid to change the course of your direction. That's it's a brave move, but it might be what will be the making of you.
1: Yeah, correct. So with Leo, they were very, they were very, they were very good with us in terms of our business idea. They kept giving us a lot of, um, a lot of help, a lot of support as well. But we had a few mentors that said, listen, maybe just take a step back and see where this is going to lead you. So we didn't rush in. We actually spent a year and a year and a half to do a research or business plan. Everything was quite calculated in terms of where we got, but we got a lot of support from the county council. um, And to us today, it actually stood to us because it meant that we could change our idea and we still had the backing for people for changing our idea. So now, We've actually, you know, grown our company uh, twofold in the space of two years for so the shows that, you know, our, our move was actually ideal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Finally, then, Christina, 2021, I know none of us know what it's going to look like. And you need a crystal ball at this stage to be even uh, talking a- a- about what might come to pass. But I guess what would be your main aim for, for the year for Cabins and Containers Ireland? What's the big thing that you'd like to see happen in 2021?
1: So we're still deemed to do business, so for us the main aim is to keep growing, keep improving our products through quality and efficiency. So we believe we're still in the growth state of our business cycle, so we're looking to expand our market. Um, livable accommodation We will place more emphasis in the future, but for now it's about building our company profile around the Isle of Ireland for cabins and containers.
0: Okay, Christina Lee, uh, thank you so much for talking uh, to us on the podcast today. Lots of great advice there. Uh, family business, <laughs> keep the family talk away from the office. But someone always has to remember to do the Tesco shop. I'm sure that's something that you have to remind uh, John to do at times as well.
1: That's right. Yeah. So it's all about the family business, you know, the dynamic, you know, working together, you know, finding, making sure your relationship works at home and in the business as well. And then generating all your ideas and your dynamics and working together as a team because not only is the family business, but we feel it's a partnership because we both invest a lot of our work, our time and effort into it. And it's great to see the outcome. It's great to see how much we've grown in two years. It's great to see our employees. You know, we reward them as much as we can. We give them gratitude as much as we can. You know, we look after them as if, you know, their own family as well. So we put 100% into our business every day.
0: Well, we wish you continued success for the rest of 2020 and into 2021 to you, Christina, uh, your husband, um, John, and of course, all the people who work for you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us on the podcast today.
1: Susan, thank you. It's been
0: delightful. Now, this has been Episode 2 of Learn, Adapt, Thrive, a six-part series of business podcasts brought to you by Ulster Bank. I'm your host, Susan Kyo, and I'm inviting you to join me once again for the next episode when I will be talking to Una O'Hagan from Mars Pharmacy.